Welcome to another episode of the Monroe Community Players Podcast. And with the Green Room Groupies, it's a new word every time, Green Room Groupies. And in the groom, I don't know, in the green room with me, the usual gang of idiots, as Mad Magazine used to say. <laughs> um, but this time, in a particular order, Ron Roberts, Robert Yeoman, and Brian Burchett Ross. Um, before we get started, for those of you who just listened to our last exciting episode, so sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have to take back the worst show I've ever seen <laughs> and have to change that. And I will encourage anyone who's thinking of doing Lovers Part 2 in their theaters for people <laughs> who are actually going to watch it. Just stop. Stop right now. Don't take it to festival. Don't do anything with it. I, every performance I've seen, the acting has been fine. The directing has been fine. But frankly, the script just doesn't work for me and hmm. i think it's a big risk you see the ending coming from the first couple lines and then it's all about let's just get it over with and get there so wow okay. there's a joke there but I'm no, not gonna no, tell. No joke <laughs> there was no joke on stage and there was no joke about my god it's the lovers part two get out your, get your coat come on run 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 just leave the coats leave the coats we have to get out of here before they lock yeah it, it's it's i think irish drama it's not oh. for everybody huh? maybe scottish i don't know it's one of those british i'd say scottish was it scottish everybody's dead it was oh, as tasteless scottish. as a potato well, you would have known in the first two uh, two first two lines anyway oh yeah you so would. Today's topic. Um, oh, I forgot to introduce myself, David Ward, the El De Facto host. El De Facto. I, I kind of like that title, Brian. Thank you for bestowing it upon me. You're welcome, sir. Um, we'll go from there. Uh, so, once again, we are here to talk about theater, the art, the business, with a focus on the local theater and the community theater in particular. I, that's a, it's kind of a burdensome tagline, but we're sticking with it for now. So... Today's topic, we'll get started there, and then we'll go into what we now refer to as the tangent verse. <laughs> see, how, see how far we go. Um, I want to talk a little about children in theater, and I'm not talking about children's theater. I'm talking about experiences working with children on stage, and perhaps even what kind of plays might be appropriate for children. And I've, I've got one we'll discuss a little later that, that is very heavily involves child actors, but um, it's it's a very mature subject, but surprisingly enough that it's it's aimed at uh, teens for sure. So hmm. working with children now, I think we have all at one time or another had children in our cast. We have directed children. I know I have on several occasions. Um, Bob had a lot of kids when he last did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Hmm. Um, I've been on stage in Annie twice. Uh, Daddy Warbucks both times. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that side was this came from somewhere, probably Bob. <laughs> and the but the um, um, it, you know the old adage is don't work with kids or animals. Um, and, and I guess I want to hear your impressions. What are what are some of the challenges working with children? Uh, I know for one, frankly, is is keeping their focus. Uh, yeah, but that's adults too. Yeah, that's adults too. Yeah, that is adults. <laughs> God is an adult. Sometimes it's worse with adults. It is. It? Um, so let's see. Let's go on the way back machine. It's been almost twenty years now that we did a house at Pooh Corner. Yes. And uh, yours truly was Winnie the Pooh. Thank you very much. I don't know. Must have been a typecast. I'm not really sure. But anyways, oh, so 
uh, throughout the rehearsal process, I continued to have this recurring dream that at some point in the show, children came onto the stage and attacked me. <laughs> I know, I know, unfounded. Uh, but as Eeyore to my right, or Bob, oh, as you may know him, I'm Eeyore in this can attest. Uh, it was a Saturday matinee performance, and uh, starting to get a little shaky right now thinking about it. Um, and uh, there was a scene where Pooh is on the on the stage on the floor, and is just waiting for something to happen. And out of the peripheral vision, I see this small child get out of a seat and start walking down the aisle. Continues to get closer and closer. Meanwhile, Piglet and Tigger are having their thing. I look over and I make eye contact with Eeyore in the far corner, and he can see the fear in my eyes. <laughs> and this child continues to come closer and closer, and I'm thinking, I don't. What am I going to do? I can't punch the kid because I'm Winnie the Pooh. I know. I, again, this is a little, little bit too much for some people. The child continues on to the stage, and this is at the RRCA. For those of you who are listening, who may know what that is. The child comes on the stage, walks right past me as if I'm not even there, and just continues on through the entire set and backstage and off to the right. Quick thinker over here says that must have been one of the Baxter kids. But again, you, you had to be there to see it. But So, long story short, <laughs> I, I would prefer not to work with, with kids on stage. Thank you. And that was a child from the audience, though. Exactly. That wasn't even anybody in the, in the show. It was an audience member. So that's another thing you got to think about there, folks. What happens when they rush the stage? And not in a good way. Yeah. And that, it's, that's not the story I hear from Winnie the Pooh. No. That, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I twisted it in my memory. Uh-oh. No. It, <laughs> no, actually, actually, if it's the story I'm thinking of. Bob's is much better. Yours, you, you turn out to be in the a parallel, hero. You, in a parallel universe... This is what it's like the end of Clue, or it could have been this, this way. <laughs> We're doing the show, you're talking with Rabbit or somebody, and this child walks up, comes right up on stage, grabs you by the waist, and hugs you, and you're you're like, buddy, you know that could have happened. I mean, it's been a while, and See, things you, things have happened in between. Well, that's the way I intend to remember it because he handled it beautifully. He walked the kid down, which was a kind of a challenge with that costume and the steep stairs at the RCA. Mm. True. Plopped the kid back close to his seat. <laughs> but I, you, I don't know if you could see where where the there were spots empty in that area. So you deposit him. All right, buddy, I'm going to be with my friends on stage, and I'll come down and I'll see you. I like that one better. Yeah, I don't don't sound as scary. No, well, and and what's interesting because I guess when I was hearing the story, I was picturing it in a different venue. Um, uh, back at, can't remember what the dinner theater was called. Deb's uh, place. Oh, oh spotlight, spotlight dinner, dinner theater, theater spotlight. which had a relatively flat stage because I wasn't imagining somebody come a child coming up those stairs. Right, the, that the that was what the scary center. part was. Because mm -hmm. um, at that time, especially, I think it still is today. I don't know if they. I don't think they've been able to lower the stage any. You know, that's it's a pretty high stage mm -hmm. to have yeah. a child just walk unintended. Now, it does beg the question is, where were the children's parents? Was this yes. a school group? Was this, you know, why was there nobody right. watching this poor yeah. kid? I think they probably, some of them went to the restroom and thought he was all right yeah. by himself. Because, like I said, there were empty seats where he went. 
Yeah, so I, I think that's a that's a tip for mom and dads out there. If you're taking kids to the show, <laughs> make sure you're paying attention. Maybe they were so enthralled with the performance they didn't realize well, the child had just wandered away. That goes without saying. Listen, we got to start moving here, otherwise we're going to miss our fast pass for Space Mountain. Come on, let's go through Winnie the Pooh land here. That's about it. But I, I, so that's interesting. So that's that's uh, of course a show for children, correct? Um, and with children in there, I was I was thinking more though just working with children in general, wow. um, in in terms of directing them. Now one of the things when I've had children in the cast, frankly, I only have people telling me that it seemed to work well with kids. Um, I've heard the same about Bob, um, and I think the reason is because I don't try to really treat them any differently than any other cast member. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That I find that if you give the child the respect as an actor, that they will give it back. But if you you go in, you know, don't use your baby voice when talking to a kid. Hmm. Don't do things like that. Teens, I think, are a little more problematic. Oh yes. Because there's always, frankly, you know, we all remember when we were teenagers. There's always drama, and everything is so important. Yeah. You know, I missed a note. You know, and they're they're bedridden for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> No. I can't show my No one again. heard you. There was a small boy walking up and down the stage. <laughs> Nobody heard you miss the note. I was going to say, there, there may be some others out there that uh, a little older that, 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 that get that way as well. Um, but yeah, um, and, and it's odd to think, but, but I think, well, to me, one of the keys working with the kids is just to treat them like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain things that you have to be respectful of when dealing with children, but I think for the most part, um, you know, have the confidence that they will do what you cast them to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with working with, I agree 300% that you, how you treat them gets reflected back. And with little ones with Joseph, it, they were a dream because it was like, I came in did my rah-rah speech and we had split up our cast into two casts, um, a star cast and a blue cast. So that was like, well, which is better? You're both better. Um, and being enthusiastic about the material and show your passion for the material rubs off on the kids. But again, teenagers, whole different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, well, so-and-so did this, and then so-and-so said, you said this. I'm like, I don't care. I'm telling you now. This is the way it is. If you don't want to do it, fine. Give me your script. Goodbye. Because we had that. Um, when I worked for another uh, theater group, there was a drama with one family. And mm. the kid had to drop out, which is understandable. And I don't want to give away the circumstances. Um, but it was basically... Well, I have to. I just, I just have. I can't be in the show anymore. I just. I just can't. It's too much for me. Fine, you're out of the show. Thank you. I have to go take care of these people. Thank you very much. Give me your script. Well, I was going to keep the script. No, you don't. I paid twenty five dollars, which you just gave us for this show. Thank you very much for your donation. Because that's what it said on the paper that you signed when you got the book. Oh. You treat them as if they are adults where their actions have consequences. It's not all fairyland. You have real-life problems and real-life situations that need to be dealt with in an adult 
thorough way. And I think the kids respond to that. Teenagers, though, good luck. They're wonderful. I'm sure your your kids are all wonderful. I'm sure they're all wonderful and are a true joy to humanity. But then again, they might not be. So keep your eye open. I think another important aspect, um, and not just in theater, but anytime when you're working with kids, is to get a buy-in from the parents. Absolutely. Um, you know, of, of a parent of two children who are involved in extracurricular activities. Uh, whenever a, a, a coach or a uh, director or anyone, you know, brought in information to the parents and sets that expectation and says, look, this is how things are going to go, it kind of puts you in the place as the parent to say, okay, Billy, Susie, Joey, here's how the rules are for where you're going to go. Let's make sure we follow them just like at home. And I think that's that's half your battle because if you don't set that expectation with a parent, you're just setting yourself up for for headache upon headache because, well, why isn't my son in the front? Or why isn't my daughter have this solo? Or why isn't she dancing on this song? And Why doesn't she have a sparkly dress? There because she's an orphan in Little Annie. <laughs> <laughs> but I made that dress for her for the show. You wasted your time. <laughs> yeah, and and the stage, the so-called stage mother. It's there's stage fathers too. Oh, without um, yeah. that that's one. Why of the are you looking issues. at me? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that that's one of the issues. Is 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 like say setting expectations. I've certainly had situations where it's like, well, we're so happy that so and so's in the show. By the way, she can't make Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday rehearsals, and she can't be here on mm. Saturday afternoons because of this, that, and the other thing. And it's like. Sometimes, yeah, you have to cut that cord early. It's like, okay, you know, but uh, what I'm saying, here's our rehearsal schedule, and if she yeah. can't make any rehearsals, yeah. she can't be on the show. show. Audition tip number one, don't lie on the audition form. Make no mm-hmm. friends. It's also one of those things where it's like, well, it would cut her chances of being cast. Yes, for good reason. What if you went to your car mechanic and went, well, I need my car fixed. Well, the mechanic says, we'll have all the parts on Tuesday. Well, except for this one, except for the engine, except for the tires, except for... You've got to know that they're going to be there. Number one, don't lie on an audition form. If you don't know about something that then suddenly pops up, that's different. It can be handled. It can be dealt with. Sure. Well, and, and certainly I think it's something that most people do not appreciate outside of theater um, is the time commitment. I don't oh, yeah. know if we've, I don't know if we've addressed doubt. this in other episodes or not, but you know, we're talking rehearsal periods at a minimum of six weeks, mm-hmm. most likely three to four nights a week mm-hmm. for two to three hours each night. And that, that's what, for example, we just went through for doubt, which is a short show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only about an hour and a half long show as it is. Um, but you, you, You've got to make that time commitment. You can't just say, well, I can do this once a week and I'll have everything perfect. You know, it's not just about learning the lines. Learning the lines, which, by the way, is a, is a subject for a, a future episode, um, is is also... Yes, I'm looking at you this time for sure, Brian. <laughs> I'm off the hook! <laughs> we'll discuss the yeoman method. <laughs> that's another episode. That's, that's another yeah. episode. But the, that's our two-hour two two special. special episode. Yeah. <laughs> the yeoman, yeoman method. method. <laughs> oh. How to implement in your theater. Um, the scourge of playwrights. <laughs> but the... The whole point is is that you have to be willing to make that kind of commitment, and I think a lot of people think it's it's like soccer practice, which nothing against soccer practice, 
But the reality is it takes a lot more sometimes to, to really improve your skills on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because you can learn a few lines is great. And even if, even if you are only in the chorus, you are an important part of that show. Mm-hmm. I have had shows that I have directed that the ensemble or the chorus, as they used to be known back in ancient Greece. <laughs> Educational, folks. <laughs> they made or break a show. Mm-hmm. Not a doubt. You have um, the most fun in the... When I directed this Scottish play, because we can't say Macbeth unless we're in production. Oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> Hot potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four. Throw salt over my shoulder. Um, I... I had a strong ensemble in that that production, and we did things that we couldn't do if it had been more of a traditional casting. You know, they actually became ghosts. They became a coven of witches. They became a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they added a depth to the show as a group. And I think that's what other people have to people do have to keep in mind too. It's about the group, mm-hmm. and this is a great way for your child to learn how to work with a group for a common cause. Exactly, and and that's a very good point because going back to your soccer comment, what what if dads, I mean, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but, you know. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, dads are always like, you know, hey, be on a team, you'll become a part of a team. There's no difference between being soccer, football, or or. Theater. Theater is the same thing. You're part of the group. You're part of a team. You are part of the support of others. They support you. You support them. You raise everybody up. Yeah, there's a, a quote that I'll, I'm going to use from Casey Stengel in baseball um, that kind of fits into this. And they they talked about, he was the manager of the Yankees in the 60s, in case anybody wanted to know. Um, and they were talking about Bobby Richardson, who was their second baseman, who is fairly fairly good good player. And they asked, well, Casey, what do you think of him? Well, when he plays like Bobby Richardson, we all win. When he tries to be Mickey Mantle, we lose. And Mm. their key there is that theater, and especially if you start at a young age, you can learn that there's a place for you. Mm. And not everybody's going to be a star. Not everybody's going to be in the front of the the stage. But to Dave and Brian and Bob's point, everybody plays a part in that production. And I think that, you know, as from a parent standpoint and from children, you get in there, you get part of a group, and you say, okay, you're you're Munchkin 6, but make it the best Munchkin 6 you can be. Mm -hmm. And then that just sets you to go forward and and continues on, and that's a life lesson that you can learn. You know, as a parent, uh, and my kids were in a, a few theater productions in school, and I can't remember the name of the show. Oh, no, I think it was Cinderella, and I really hope my daughter doesn't hear this production, this now. But, you know, and she had, she was, I think, one of the evil stepsisters or whatever. Um, I barely paid attention to her because there was this other girl in the background that was really impressing the daylights out of me who didn't really have much to say, but she was there. She was on as soon as she, and I, you know, so, yeah, you're right. Munchkin 6 can sometimes steal it from Dorothy real easily just by being the best Munchkin mm-hmm. you can be. Which which is another issue about learning group dynamics and when you are the focus and when you are not. Well, um, But which is something that can be taught. <laughs> right. Um, I, you, yeah. might, you might have to tell Munchkin 6 sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Take it down. Tone it down a bit, just a little. Um, Give mom the sparkly dress. You don't need it here. <laughs> yes. You're a poor waif. <laughs> You don't have a diamond earrings. Well, maybe this is a munchkin from the good side of the tracks, Bob. Did you ever think about that? Well, I think that's just a reactionary comment. (laughs) Okay, 
<laughs> but what's also interesting is we talk about not it's not only about learning group dynamics, but um, and I cannot quote them at this moment in time, but there are studies out there that show that children do better in math and science if they are involved in the arts, in particular the performing arts. So you want your kids to excel in school, you should probably be thinking to get them into a musical theater, band, mm. something like that, Quite because because it activates the same part of the brain that that math and science use. Um, choir, it's and it's the performing arts in particular. It's not it's not the visual arts like painting and stuff. But my understanding is the performing arts. And when you think of musical theater, which none of us ever really think about you know often here no. apparently no no i don't know <laughs> we do obviously but but you know think about all the pieces that you're putting together you know singing dancing music um you know that's all coming together Mem- line memorization there's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. that really can help uh, your child in their development and also mentally. don't forget the backstage portion of it too because you can start training someone uh like with set construction back-of-the-house management, props. If it's not yours, don't touch it. <laughs> and there are things that even young ones can do backstage, closely supervised. Yes. Yep. That's the major thing is all of a sudden, no, the little Tommy, age 12, is not going to be pulling the main drape without somebody standing there with him. Mm-hmm. Unless he's a big kid. Unless he's a <laughs> kid. Maybe he can do it then. And sometimes that's what you got. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. It depends, you know, twelve year olds. <laughs> but I just didn't want to leave the back of the house. Yeah. Out of pulling the pulling that curtain takes a certain amount of <laughs> now. <mass. laughs> you two, uh, Dave and Bob here, have directed shows with kids in them. Have, I assume you've both been in shows in the shows with kids as well, correct? Yes. yes. Daddy Warbucks twice. Well, well, right. Okay. <laughs> Cowardly lying in Wait, is that twice, Dave? <laughs> twice. Huh. I didn't know. I heard it and I hit the twice. high note in the, that Pearl song every time. Well, what what is, I'm, I'm just curious, what is... Shaved my head once, bald wig the other time. What is harder? Bald shaved head. What is harder, direct, directing kids or being in the show with kids? Directing. Directing. Okay. I'm just curious. Well, being in the show with kids, you're relating to them as an actor and it's a whole different thing. Sure. Um, because it, it's more now. It, that's the other thing, though. I think the tactic is still the same: respect the kid, you know, respect the child as an actor. Yeah. You know, don't say, "Hey, kid, get out of my way. This is my number now." <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> that is a common kick stereotype. <laughs> you don't kick the kid involved in theater a lot of times. That's a common the w the darker side of W. C. Fields quote. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do shows with kids or animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Annie, surprisingly, you got both a kid and an animal. Yeah. Were you in that show, Dave? Yes, I was. Twice? Twice. Huh. Was. Was. Who'd you play? Oh, Daddy sorry. <laughs> I heard he shaved his head and then he wore a ball cap. No. Yeah, he, he, did. Did. he did. He did, he did, he did. <laughs> that shaved is his dedication head. He shaved right there. his head and then went, I can do better and put on the ball cap. <laughs> First he shaved his head and then he put on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because I'm always going that extra mile. Ron is about four seconds away, crying on the floor in a fetal position. Oh. Well, I'm sure there's a show you're proud of too, Ron. I doubt it. 
Oh, do not poo-poo Ooh. it. No, I'm not poo-pooing. It was just, it was a cheap shot. That just, yeah, no, the joke no, was fine. there. Bring them. By the way, by the way, uh, for those I who are listening. I played that role too, by the way. <laughs> for those who are listening. Yes, I'm aware. Rob, Rob uh, just finished playing the priest in Doubt. Uh, and did a amazingly brilliant job. So I was just joshing with him a little bit. Yeah. That's all. Oh, we all like the kid. It's okay. I mean, I'll probably just cry on the way home, maybe <laughs> kick the dog, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, all that show was missing a doubt was was having a little boy. The movie had the boy, but the, the play does not. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Well, that would resolve the question, though. Hmm. Without, it, the, with the, without the question there, and especially now without the... Another character possibly not being shown. It, if you had the boy, that would they could literally go yes or no. Well, so they can't have unless the boy. the boy lies, unless he's afraid, unless he protects him, which is what he's been doing the whole time. But then that kind of gives you your answer, or does it? It does. Yeah. Too bad you all didn't come out and see doubt, um, because that would have. It, it you, was, you missed something. Yeah, I had to go really to the did. bathroom. I'm sorry. I even and, and that's not just us talking. That's true. People who produced the show. It was truly an excellent show. Yeah, it really it was. was. It really was. It was. It was a great cast. It was a. It was yeah. a great time. The, it, I the, dire- the director was brilliant. I, I there, couldn't. There were some pieces had, in there. It was just like, wow, who directed this? I know. And you know, I heard a rumor that he shaved his head <laughs> just to direct this. Not anymore. Never again. Never again? Never again. Okay. No, nature took care of that. <laughs> no need to shave. Well, at least we shaved that off the budget. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay, we'll fix that in editing, too. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only we really had a magic editor. Yeah. <laughs> so, huh. uh, you know, there's only so much technology can do. Uh, but but back to our topic yeah, working yes, with kids. Kids. <laughs> um, the tangent. Uh, but as Bob has, has alluded, there's a, different ages require different um, uh, skill sets uh, to work with. I think. But you know, I agree. You know, even with teens, it's like you try to give them the respect they deserve. Um, no, nah, I shouldn't say that. Give them the respect they should should deserve. Um, because frankly, like all actors, some teens are a handful, some teens are not. Some kids are a handful, some kids are not. I mean, but you know, I have worked with frankly middle aged people who it's like, oh my gosh, how are you still getting cast? Um, <laughs> well, because you are just a, you are just hard to work with. Um, and I won't mention any names, obviously, um, because they're already <laughs> writing in. I'm yeah. I'm looking at Brian again. <laughs> I won't mention any names, <laughs> but no. I mean, but, but we've seen it again, and we've heard stories of of other things. Oh, but yeah. but but you know, and there have been some kids that they will live on infamously in green room uh, tales oh, yeah. that will not be broadcast. Oh, that's a good segue. <laughs> well, and I think tales it, from the green room. <laughs> It goes back to another story you hear, you know, would you rather your child be talented or coachable? Well, you want your child to be coachable because obviously they could be as talented as all get out, but if they can't take coaching or directing, then it's not going to do them any good. Right, exactly. So, exactly. you know, I would much rather, if my kids are listening, who am I kidding? They're not listening. Uh, <laughs> they're very coachable. It doesn't mean anything about their talent levels at all. <laughs> And and coach, but well, and frankly, that goes for adults as well. Coachable is if I'm a director, coachable wins over talent every time. Yeah. 
and which which explains a lot of my directing. <laughs> wow, well, he's looking at me. Folks. Oh no, <laughs> a lot of my cast- someone else. a lot of my casting. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, I'm kidding. Another portion um, of casting is also remember if you decide to become the backstage star and be a diva and be a pain in the tuchus, people remember that the next show that comes mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And you may be perfect as the lead role, but it's just too much of a hassle dealing with you and mm-hmm. your issues. Yeah. And that's another mm-hmm. thing for parents to be aware of. You may think it's funny. Well, I've dealt with a parent, parents that just wanted to push and do something and make sure their child was featured when she, I'm not, I'm not joking about the sparkly dress. And that's about as far as I'll go with that story. But it's one of those, the parents have to know that they will be remembered. One story I can do is over at Bedford. We were doing auditions for The Wizard of Oz. They had the kids lined up in the corridor outside of the stage. And they would bring them in one at a time into the auditorium where the director talked to them for a little bit. They sang their number, and they were excused. What the kids and the parents didn't know was that the people handling the line outside were actually the real director, and she was watching who was interacting how out in the hallway. Mm. So if little Joni was an utter witch in the line, she'll get, it'll, it is remembered. Mm. That's interesting. I, that's an interesting concept. Wow. That, I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good on you, Bedford. Yeah. Good, good on you, Bedford. Lovely really? bunch of people there. Bravo. Yes. But yes, working with kids is, yeah, like I say, can be very rewarding, I think, um, especially when you see them get it for the first time mm-hmm. and understand that, oh, this is what I'm doing here. Um, I had... We had uh, several little kids in uh, Mary Poppins, for example. Their only job, for the most part, frankly, was to come out and fly kites. And by golly, those kids were enthusiastic flight kites. Flight kite. I can't talk at all. Kite Kite flyers. They, you know, they came out and they made those kites look like they were really flying. Um, And the bird people. The bird people that I think were amazing because they were able to keep their birds up in the air and they were like seven to ten mm-hmm. birds on one rod that they were controlling yep that's right and they're about the birds they're getting so close to each other but ne- they never, never snagged each other it was just perfect like that was perfect well i like the bird lady yeah song you see a lot more kids are involved a lot more with musicals i think than than I, I think by nature, and and that's where I, th- I think when I talk about the drama, the, the drama I had in mind, frankly, was uh, the Amish Project uh, by Jessica Dickey. Um, it was originated as a one-woman show. It was based on the learning and the path of going from the horror of that massacre that occurred with those Amish girls in a school some years ago, into the to that stage of forgiveness that they were actually able to to demonstrate uh, towards the the killer. Um, I've seen, Bob and I both have seen this on stage. Very powerful show. I was a little surprised to find, though, it is actually aimed at preteens and teens. And it's a way to discuss gun violence. 
with these groups. Mm -hmm. And and some of the, unfortunately, in our society today, some of the things that could happen at any school anywhere in America. Um, this happened just to be in a, a community that is noted for their forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so that's the kind of thing that I, it's like, is that an appropriate? To me, it's, it's kind of show that I think in our community, the first question someone's going to say is, is this really appropriate for kids? And now, granted, it kind of depends where you're, what you call a kid, because preteen, in this case, are defined as like 11. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not talking six-year-olds or, or five or seven-year-olds, someone like that, that you hope to shelter for a little longer. Um, but, but children who are of an older age and going into the teenage years. And I think what impresses me about this show, it is, like I say, it's so powerful. In fact, I, I really think we should, we should find a way to do it in Monroe. Um, the important part of it is, is that you can't be afraid to do shows with, that involve kids in them, in, in this case, little older children, right? but you know, teenagers. They, 12, like, they don't like to be called, called kids. But, and don't be afraid of that. Mm. You know, the kids can handle some of this. Because I think also when we saw it, when we went to see it in um, the ACTVEST competition, they, were, they did have a couple little, little ones, like six, seven years, but they were paired up with the teenager. Yep. Mm. And so they both walked out with their flashlight, and I said too much. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that ending was so wow. Yeah, um, I am intrigued by this show. I know. I am really right. intrigued by I the show. I bawled my eyes out, and I'm tearing up just now. I know. I can see that. I, I powerful show. I'm really intrigued by this. And this is one that that one they had to have kids that were dead on. Oh and yeah, I, that was a horrible pun there. But kids that were spot on. Um, yeah. and and they these girls sold it. Oh God, yes. So so, and it's like that. That to me must have been so rewarding for the director. Oh, absolutely. And that's the kind of reward you can get with working with young people mm -hmm. is when you see them get it and they tackle a tough subject and they tackle it well. And something you said uh, a few minutes ago um, is this: the you're going to get a reaction on a show like this. Is this something that children need to? I can't remember how you put it. Uh, is this a show that that? They children be exposed to yeah should, children should, should be exposed to my answer to that as soon as you said it was well the children are already exposed exactly mm -hmm. to something that they shouldn't have to be exposed to because right. it's in the news already yeah so that's not even to me i mean if somebody has said that to me i'd be like it's already there well, and and we'll go back to the production of doubt we just did you know that deals with pedophilia right there yeah mm -hmm. um you know is that a show that kids could should come to I, I i put on there because i did the publicity for it you know a mature show for adult audiences mm -hmm. and part of me is like you know if you think your teen is up to this mm -hmm. bring them bring them absolutely because again this is something they're confronting yeah so if i could just make not necessarily turn the topic but so we obviously there's it's rewarding to work with kids mm -hmm. and we need kids in our groups to continue to grow mm-hmm what do we do as a group to make it safe and inviting for them? Yeah, and that, that I, I agree with you. That's probably the real topic I think we need to talk about is, is safety. Because unfortunately, mm -hmm. there is a certain element in our society mm -hmm. that will be attracted to the fact that you have children hanging around. Mm -hmm. And your kids need to be protected from that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think 
every group, if they have not done it already, you need to be going right now looking at your rules and policies and protections, and you need to have a good child protection policy in place and not just an you know not just something to say okay well we just won't touch the kids like no you you're going to make sure that there's no person under i'll say the age of 18 who is ever alone with an adult Mm -hmm. and i think another thing that should be important to be said is this isn't just a theater issue this is a huge theater is a microcosm of society and in every group that you're in whether it's theater whether it's whatever type of organized organization you're in there's going to be elements of that group that are, are unsavory no matter where you go so this is not specific to theater now obviously like david said if we work with children that's going to attract that particular type of person but in no way am i stating or trying to say that this is a theater specific right. issue no, no it's, it's not it's at all. everywhere it's, it's everywhere yeah. and but and i think in all youth groups have this same problem sure um boy scouts of america who have been much maligned for many things over the past few years i'll tell you one thing they have a very good a policy in place and how to handle and to make sure their youth are protected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, necessarily so. But again, it's the same thing. I'm sure the Girl Scouts have something in place. Mm-hmm. Um, any, you know, your local Y, everybody does. And so you don't have to look far mm-hmm. to find an example of a policy to put in place. But you know, I think every theater group, if you work with kids at all, you need to do that. And it's not just mm-hmm. it's not you you're protecting; it's them. Yes. So I know this topic was covered by the CTAM fall convention when last we went. They had like four or five different versions of it, and for everybody, for everybody to take if they wanted them. And I know there wasn't a single one left after that presentation. Good. So the Theater Association of Michigan, at least, is taking a stand to help. Yeah. Member groups. Yeah. There, there's there's guidelines out there. Um, but but yeah, don't fool yourself into thinking that any place is safe. And if you're in a show with with kids, and you think you are seeing something that doesn't feel right, bring it to a director's attention. Bring it to every. I mean, you don't have to publicly just kind of suddenly announce it. Don't be afraid to bring it up to the director. Don't be afraid to bring it up to other cast members. It may not be what you think it is, but it, if done cautiously and correctly, it can't hurt a thing to be right. extra cautious about it. Yeah. If you're seeing yeah. something that you go, no, that's just not feeling right to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Something that came up in another production. Again, Cinderella. It's Cinderella's day today. <laughs> um, there was an individual who I'm just going to say the cast was uncomfortable with, but he was in the show. Cinderella had to make a quick change into a ball gown. This gentleman had no reason to be on that side of the stage or in the area at all. He was actually supposed to be on the opposite side of the stage, Mm -hmm. but he constantly made a point to be back there exactly when she was changing. Mm -hmm. And what happened was dress rehearsal night, he went back and found that every single person in the cast was circling around Cinderella went, what you need to be over there. You need to be over there, not over here. Good. So it was the cast that bonded together and went, he didn't do anything. It was just no. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's great. I mean that they all came together like that. Because I didn't know what was going on. And I walk in like, what's going on? We're practicing Susie. 
Boy, I just got to get my script. Which is another topic for backstage. Oh, God, Another yes. show I wrote, the Backstage Etiquette, that we can talk about later. I wrote that one down, too, uh, just in general because of quick changes and everything. But, um, you know, to kind of finish up the topic with uh, uh, child safety, I think, obviously, it's the most important thing. Absolutely. Uh, that we could do. Other and than- especially since you want to, you, you, I don't want to say you want, uh, maybe it's you want, maybe some for some theater groups it's you got to, but having children involved in community theater is important because it yes. does bring in, I mean, it's important to the kids for everything we've talked about there. It's important for many reasons, but you know, the bottom line too is children bring in people and they bring in a little more money than what you would get from twilight of the golds and doubt and you know, those types of dramas. Am I I'm, wrong? Am I I'm going to dispute that. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to dispute that. I'd say that, honestly, it really don't matter because they're going to come if they're going to come. They're not going to come if they don't want to go. Uh, During Joseph, I know that we had a bunch of people that they dropped their kids off. The kids did the show. The parents picked them up. All right, yeah. And that was a show that we instituted a policy of all right, if you want, when it's understandable, parents can't afford to go see the show every week in a six, six performance run. Sure. That's expensive. Sure. That's Disney expensive. Yeah. So what we did was we said, well, if you buy one set of tickets and then help backstage, such as what is known as the, the little, the kids room or the wrangle, you're a kid wrangler. You get everybody where they're supposed to be at what the time they're supposed to be. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, we sure we can do that. So we had more involvement there. But I think we're seeing, at least in my personal experience, that it just doesn't make any difference. They're going to come if they're going to come. If they're not, they're not. I think that's, you know, and I was going to push back a little too, as, as I agree. I'm not sure that um, having kids is, is the draw it used to be. I mean, it mm-hmm. used to be thinking what the or the common thing it is, you know, you bring the kids, you're going to bring in the grandparents, you're going to bring in the mom and dad yeah. and all that. But I'm not sure that's the case anymore. The nuclear family is dead. Yep. Yep. And they're all on their phone because now everybody can be a star mm-hmm. on their cell phone. Right. Social media. TikTok. Really changed things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the series Glee. Well, and likewise, uh, to that thing, you know, if you can be a star on TikTok, why do you want to join the local community theater? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've just laid out in this episode all sorts of reasons why, mm-hmm. um, why it should be encouraged. But, you know, if the kid is just interested in performing, it's, it's right they, there. They, they can lean up on their tripod everything. doing their TikTok thing. Mm-hmm. They've got hundreds of followers, Whew, maybe thousands. You know, why? What do they care? And grandma and grandpa can look at it and go, well, that's $30 I don't have to spend. Okay, yes, very nice, Joni. Bye-bye now. Well, and and frankly, if your kids become theater nerds, (laughs) I don't know what the word term is anymore. Let's go geeks. Geeks. Theater geeks. Theater Theater kids. Theater kids. Theater kids. You know, at some point, it's it's the same kind of thing that my parents once said, you know, (laughs) we just aren't going to come see you and everything anymore. (laughs) Because there's always another show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's like we thought this was a passing fad. It's not. So my parents, you tell us the important ones. <laughs> would, parents would always ask two, a couple questions. First of all, are you really important to the show? Yep. Uh, yes, I think I am. I'm the lead. Okay, that's great. 
does it have a buffet attached? <laughs> <laughs> because the longest time we were doing shows out at the Holiday Inn, sure. which had the Tim Co. restaurant, oh, and there was the buffet and the show, mm-hmm. dinner theater. That's what I still remember my dad to this day just going, does it have a buffet? Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. Count me. I'll be in there. Yeah. We'll do it then. Well, and, and it's probably heard us whispering, Tim Co. You know, I loved their Betty salad. <laughs> oh. So good. I loved everything at Tim Co's. At Tim Co's was a great place. I just remember the chicken was dry. Okay. And, and going into that tangent verse, is there still a Tim Co's in Toledo? I, oh. I don't know. To the internet. Let me see. I'm just curious because you, you know, I hope you're still out there. We miss you. We miss you, Tim Coase. So basically, we have decided that the nuclear family is dead, and yeah. so is Tim Coase. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lisa needs what? a power lift to get up the stairs. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's uh, the thing. The, uh, there's there's t- the recipe to the Betty salad online. Oh, that's, that's never it? the same. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I, I'm sorry. Yes, that's it. Oh, dear. <laughs> he just walked out of the room crying, guys. We're so sorry. <laughs> Our de facto. <laughs> now we have two. He's making up stories again, which is what we love about Brian. He is so marvelously inventive. I am. <laughs> I can't believe he just recorded that. <laughs> I also know what I'm going to edit. Yeah, he's the editor. So. <laughs> we never know what's actually going to make it every episode. But I got a, I got a feeling here. I sure hope that solo that I sang in episode three makes it. <laughs> It was it was no, quite haunting. Still, I think so. People still hit yeah. hate haunting them on the Disney Star Wars trilogy. I'm sorry. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some of them land. Some of them don't. Uh, uh, I'll do an yeah. Elaine Stritch impersonation next time. Did I tell you I was a nanny? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, Bob. <laughs> Damn. Uh, was that last episode or this one? I don't know. We're <laughs> lost in the internet. I think the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so there we go. Uh, protect your kids. Get them in theater. Um, yeah. Yeah. But not necessarily in my show. <laughs> Here's a question to throw out to the Etherverse. Etherverse. If you're <laughs> if you're listening to us, would you be interested in buying merchandise? Such as cups, uh, oh, mugs, t- t-shirts, anything. Tapes. Can I get a t-shirt that says, I was in Annie? <laughs> we'll shave. I shaved my head for this. I shaved my head for this. I shaved my head for this. This is what I got. It was we're, a lousy t-shirt. We're, we're looking for catchphrases, folks. There we go. Catchphrases. Yes, we are. We're for the merchandise. And most of them can't be printed. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. My head Copyright laws. What else did you think I was talking about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a good question. Well, I don't even know. Um, Do we are, have more these are technical things? We'll we'll need to ask our producer later um, about you know. <laughs> I'm looking at Brian again. It's like you're, I'm El de facto host. You're El de facto producer. He, he he has the editing program. <laughs> well, there's that again. Got us the studio. Uh, so that sounds like a producer in my mind. Um, but but yes, well, we're we're just pleased to be here. Absolutely, oh, was that your line? I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. I've always said that. I'm just happy to be here. By the time time these things wrap up, you'll you'll understand a little more about us and maybe be a little dead inside. But <laughs> but, but we'll see. Oh, the joy! Oh, rapture! <laughs> I'm not just talking about my heart, literally. 
you, you always wonder when you, you throw something out there <laughs> if it's going to land. And unfortunately, we, we never know until it's way too late. It, that yeah. live theater, of course, you know right away. Absolutely. And that is the joy of live the theater. Joy. The and, joy of live theater. And you, know, you know when you bombed right then and there. Next time, no or butts. how to organize a rotted fruit vegetable cart outside of your local theater. <laughs> Just in case, an incentive. <laughs> no can Shave food. your hands. No if you can, can dodge food. a wrench, you can dodge a tomato. tomato. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Well, that's about it. I, we've got more time, but I think we should... Call it, <laughs> as, they, as they say. Um, thank you, thank you so much, all, for joining us for yet another episode of the Monroe Community Players Podcast in the Green Room with the Groupies. I found a way to say it without stumbling over myself. I'm impressed. This so, time. once again, this is Brian Burchett Ross, Robert Yeoman, and Ronald Roberts. Tip and, your weight staff, and David War, your de facto host. El de facto. I want El de facto. I, and want There's that a on a T-shirt. All right. El de facto. Uh, Does anyone know what de facto me. even means? No, they don't. But we'll see. So, <laughs> Does it have an H in it? Yeah. I, just just ju- I just jumped a joke from podcast two, by the way. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Yeah. And it, it fell about as flat as I expected it okay. to. <laughs> so once again. I'm proud of myself. Still that. looking for a good sign off. If you got one, leave them in the comments wherever you can leave comments on iTunes. Thanks and have a great day.